Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. LMFM Podcasts, brought to you with Cartman Cross Credit Union, where a student loan can help you finance your further education. Call to Cartman Cross Credit Union, O'Neill Street, or CartmanCrossCU.ie. The Michael Reed Show Podcast. Tune in weekdays from 9 on LMFM. To contact us, email now, michael at lmfm.ie. Monday morning, the 27th of May. Good morning with much debate and discussion from now till 11am. This is Michael Reid on LMFM. Counting continues in election 2019. A majority of 82% have voted in favour of the divorce referendum. 872 of the 949 council seats have been filled with all of the seats filled in County Louth. Counting resumes now in County Meath and in the European elections. Let's uh, reflect on what has been uh, a very busy weekend. Marie Kearns, uh, take us over what has been happening locally, because as I say, all of uh, the seats in County Louth, that's 29 seats across five areas have been filled. That's Uh, right. Let's talk about who's been elected and we'll begin in RD if we can, please. We can indeed. Um, In RD, the elected councillors are Colin Markey, Finnegale, Dolores Minogue, Finnegale, Pierce McGeoch, Sinn Féin, Jim Tennehy, Independent, Hugh Conlon, Independent and John Sheridan, Fianna Fáil, newcomer. Yeah, but no great surprises in our day at the Not same time. Not really. Though. I suppose the big mm-hmm. people were watching because part of that that um, area was moved or miskin, which meant that Liam Riley, who was the sitting Fianna Fáil mm. councillor, ran elsewhere in, in Dundalk. So that left the way open, I suppose, for John Sheridan. But I suppose people were hoping that they would maintain that Fianna Fáil seat, and they did. Very good. All right. Uh, some surprises in Drogheda Urban. Let's talk about the six oh, seats, yes. first of all, that have been filled. The seats that have been filled, Paul Bell Labour, P.O. Smith Labour, Joanna Byrne, Sinn Féin, Paddy McQuillan, Independent, James Byrne, Fianna Fáil and Kevin Callan, Independent. Okay, and some familiar names have lost their seats. That's right. Of course, the big shockers, Frank Godfrey, over 40 years serving mm. in Drada is gone. So is Richie Culhane, the only Fianna Fáil candidate, or Fianna Gael, I should say, candidate in Drada Urban. And then, of course, you have the two Sinn Féin sitting councillors, Soren and Kenneth Flood, also getting their P45s. Mm, OK, so yeah, that was a, a shock there. Yes. And, uh, that's a story that's repeated itself, uh, I think, across uh, the country. It's been a bad election for Sinn Féin. Uh, and indeed, uh, Frank Godfrey uh, 
didn't get elected in Drogheda Urban, but he, he stood in two constituencies, and that in itself part of the story from the results, as we'll yes. be hearing throughout uh, the morning. Let's stay in Drogheda, though, in Drogheda Rural. Uh, there were four seats uh, available here. Who took them? Yes, Oliver Tully, Kevin Callan, Tom Cunningham and Michelle Hall, a newcomer for the Labour Party. And of course, that means Kevin Callan, as people might have already heard, has won two seats, one in Drogheda Rural and one in Drogheda Urban. So there mm. is going to be another candidate. We just don't know who's going to get it, Michael, okay. or which, which area they're going to be selected from, the rural or the urban. And that's the second area that uh, Frank Godfrey uh, failed yes, to get uh, yes. elected in. I mean, he didn't mm. really figure that much mm. in the Drogheda Rural, but he was there right till the end in the Drogheda Urban as you kind of would expect because that's where the majority of his vote base would be. Okay, uh, Dundalk, Carlingford then uh, six seats there have been filled. That's right, John McGahan Fine Gael, Anton Waters Sinn Féin, Edel Corrigan Sinn Féin Aaron McGreehan Fianna Fáil Conor Keelan Fianna Fáil and Sean Kelly Fianna Fáil okay. so mm-hmm. they really did achieve the hat trick Fianna Fáil there and not surprisingly Deputy Declan Brannock was smiling from ear to ear when I spoke with them yesterday evening because they achieved that um, that extra seat at the expense, it has to be said, of the Green Party mm. because, of course, we didn't get that surge here in Louth. Um, although Owen Daly did put up a very good show for his first outing, he didn't manage to maintain Mark Deary's seat. OK, but no great shocks in that particular area, I don't think. Uh, and there was a lot of, you mm. know, a lot of people were watching how John McGahan Finnegale mm. was going to perform because he's had a, a very mixed year, as yep, you know. And up. people were wondering, you know, would he do it? Uh, but he certainly has proved himself and has increased substantially on his vote from the last outing. The OK, last time around. Dundalk South then, seven seats there, Phil. Yes, Dundalk South. We the seats filled are Marianne, Marianne Butler, Green Party, Worry Your Work, Cushion Fain, May Viewer, Independent, Maria Doyle, Finnegale. Tomás Sharkey, Sinn Féin, Emma Coffey, Fianna Fáil and Liam Riley, Fianna Fáil. And it has to be said that Maeve Yore had a remarkable um, mm. performance. Michael, she was the poll topper. Um, she had, let me just see, 1,701 first preference votes, which was well over the quota of 1,370. And as far as I can make out, she was the poll topper for the entire county. Very good. So and that was very good for an independent to achieve. Mm-hmm. The uh, shock there, if there was a shock, yes. was Anne Campbell, who was never elected she had been co-opted but you're talking about a Sinn Féin stronghold that's right absolute devastation I have to say when the news emerged that Anne Campbell was not going to make it because she is such a good candidate and I think she had a lot to give didn't really get the chance Michael because she was already co-opted I think it was just over a year ago um, so that was the, the big shock there. And of course, I think Sinn Féin, when they look at their results, which have been disastrous in Louth, they will be questioning the amount of people that had been co-opted mm. and were facing the electorate for the first time. And all eyes, of course, there were on Rory O'Work, who, who's Jerry Adams' heir apparent. He's been tipped to run for the general election in place of Jerry Adams. And people were wondering how he will do. So I think they will be disappointed that he didn't actually top the poll there, Michael. OK, uh, County Meath uh, has uh, still a, a lot of work to do. I think it'll be around lunchtime before we get a, a next councillor elected. Uh, there's 40 seats across six different areas. Uh, let's talk through the story so far. In Ashburn, there's six available seats and two of them have been filled. That's right. Uh, Joe Bonner and Alan Independent and Alan Tobin from Fine Gael have the two seats there so far, Michael. Okay. In Kells, a similar story. Seven seats, two elected. Yes. Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael, Sean Drew and Sarah Riley.
Okay. Are elected. And we go to Laytown, Bettystown, uh, where there are seven seats uh, available, and at this stage, three councillors have been elected. That's right. The two Fine Gaels, Sharon Tolan and Paddy Meath, are past the post, and Sharon Keoghan, the independent, has been elected, and of course, is on course as well to maybe mm. take two seats in this county also. <laughs> okay, just three of uh, the seven seats in Rathoth left to fill because four have been elected. That's right. Brian Fitzgerald, independent, Damien Arroyo. Riley Fianafal, Gillian Toole, Independent and Nick Killian, Independent. Mm-hmm. And five of the six seats in Trim to fill, just one councillor elected at this stage? That's an old friend. She really did have remarkable mm. first tally. Did you see that? 3,052. Wow. Mm. That was some result. That's popular, isn't it? It uh, sure is. We, uh, look at the last uh, electoral area, which is uh, the Navin area. There's seven seats available here and just two councillors elected at this stage. That's right. And of course, there has been a big shock there in Navin already. And I imagine we may have some more. Tommy Riley uh, from Fianna Fáil has passed the, the, the line and Emer Tobin from Aintu, who has picked up the seat there. And looks like it's going to knock out Sinead Burke, who is, you know, was the Sinn Féin prospects for the general election. So that's a big shocker there. Indeed. But a big achievement for Padda Tobin and Ain too, with Emer obviously picking up his support in Navin. All right. Well, we'll have much to talk about, obviously, throughout uh, the morning. Uh, this morning it has been a weekend of great excitement, high emotion and mixed feelings. From delight... <laughs> To devastation. It is disappointing the fact that we um, went into the election with 10 count- sitting councillors and it looks now like we're returning with seven. Local election counts by their very nature are long drawn and brutal affairs and so it proved to be at the loud count over the weekend. From first sight of the tallies on Saturday it was apparent that there were going to be casualties. It was just a matter of how many. Gone is outgoing Mayor, the legendary Frank Godfrey after a lifetime in politics, gone is Richard Culhan, Fine Gael's only candidate in Drogheda Urban. Gone are Sinn Féin councillors Kenneth Flood, David Surin in Drogheda Urban and Anne Campbell in Dundalk South. And forget about the so-called Green Wave. It was all about the Labour surge in Drogheda, with the party claiming three seats up one, including newcomer Michelle Hall in Drogheda Rural. In Louth, the Green Party are actually down one seat, despite Own Daly polling a respectable first preference vote of 823 in Dundalk Carlingford as he tried to hold on to Mark Deary's seat who stepped down from the council this year. Yeah, we have lost um, the seat that I held. Owen Daly put up a really wonderful performance and was still there at the final declaration, uh, uneliminated. It's something he can take enormous credit for and pride in. He's a young man with a very, very uh, bright future in politics and I hope he I hope he chooses to continue with that um, on, on the face of it that what you say is true we've lost a seat um, but he took more votes than I did he took a higher percentage of votes than I did in 2014 when I got elected um, of a lesser vote uh, Marianne Butler who was elected last night um, with a surplus, hugely increased her vote, almost doubled her vote. Uh, and in Mid-Louth, we put in a really good performance uh, with, with Sean Connolly. So, you know, our, 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 our vote percentage across the county is way, way up. But, you know, the, the vagaries of the PR system, it just didn't materialise for us this time in the way it did the last time. 
Owen was unlucky, perhaps I was lucky last time. One of the big talking points was independent councillor Kevin Callan pulling off the double and winning a seat in both Drogheda Urban and Drogheda Rural. But what will happen? That additional seat is still very much up in the air. Councillor Callan has three days to decide which seat he is going to take. It was a good day at the office for the independents in Louth with Mavior topping the poll in Dundalk South, Hugh Conlon and Paddy McQuillan winning seats in RD and Drogheda respectively and Jim Tennehy holding on to his seat in RD. Fianna Fáil though will say they are the big winners in Louth with two additional seats from five to seven pulling off a masterstroke by winning three of the six seats in Dundalk Carlingford including newcomers Aaron McGrahan and Sean Kelly. Deputy Declan Ratnock had this to say. I'm delighted that we've increased our seats on the County Council from five to seven uh, it's a tremendous achievement. If you go to the Cooley Peninsula and see three out of six elected, uh, a balance of experience in Conor Keelan and newcomers in Sean Kelly and Aaron McGreehan. Uh, if you move into my old Dundalk South electoral area that I represented for 25 years, to see Emma Coffey as my co-optee uh, get elected, but equally Liam Rayleigh, who has made a tremendous effort in moving from... Uh, the old RD electoral area, following his Dramiskin boxes, for want of a better word, he has put up a great fight, so we've achieved those two there. Uh, I think what's particularly heartening is to see uh, an electorate of almost 35% vote for Fianna Fáil in the Cooley Peninsula. And that's a tribute to the hard work uh, of not just the candidates, but of the Fianna Fáil team who have gone out day in, day out over the last number of weeks to try and support them. A bit disheartening uh, and delighted to see uh, James Bourne elected uh, in Drogheda. A bit disheartening that our vote is down in both the rural area, but I want to commend people like uh, Richard Cooney and Declan Power, but especially uh, the fight that Fintan Malone has put through, uh, failing to get elected. But uh, we have a newcomer there, John Sheridan, who has that spirit of enthusiasm, uh, and I think we look forward to good representation right across the county for the people of Louth uh, by Fianna Fáil. Sinn Féin in the meantime have a lot to think about with their representation on Louth County Council down from 10 to 7. Overall I suppose uh, the result a little bit disappointing for us you know the fact that we had a hard working team of 10 but look you, you go before the public and and it's that's democracy the people decide and that's the result but we return and we'll start building working hard as we've always done and start building up those bases that we, we had missed out on this time. Will you be looking at why this has happened? Well of course, yeah, of course you do I mean when you, you don't get the people's endorsement in a particular area, you have to and I've always been of the opinion that you know you work hard, you know what's happening on the ground, you know within your your community, whatever area you are as a local elected councillor um, and we will have to look at that and see see what exactly happened, uh, whether the turnout was exceptionally low and people, for the first time ever, I noticed this time going round, and I'd said it and I think other parties had experienced it too, that there was uh, an awful lot of people that just weren't 
answering the doors, you know, and there was an awful lot of that, more so than I'd ever seen before. And according to, you know, speaking to other parties, they all experienced the same thing, that people just weren't opening their doors, maybe sick and tired of politicians knocking the doors. We were, You know, but that's, that's the, that was the reality this time around. Fine Gael is down one seat. Deputy Fergus O'Dowd had this to say. Well, obviously, we had a significant loss in Drogheda with Richie Collan and clearly he'd be very much missed by the party and by the public in Drogheda. Uh, but we've done very well in other parts of the county and in Drogheda as well because Oliver Tully was the first elected in Drogheda. That's the Drogheda rural part. Uh, Dolores Minogue topped the poll, the only woman on the, on the list in Midloud, and she got first elected, which is fantastic, along with Colm Markey and also in Dundalk. Uh, obviously, we have Maria Dyle, who did extremely well. She's elected, and John McGahan. So we have, we've had some very good successes. Clearly, we'll miss Richie on the council, but as they say, you know, that's, that's life. These things happen. These things do happen. Just 46.6% of the electorate in Loud bothered to vote. And of the 60 candidates on offer, they've elected seven from Fianna Fáil, seven from Sinn Féin, five from Fine Gael, three from Labour, one from the Green Party and six independents. There'll be six new faces in the mix at the first meeting of the council. But the final word to Frank Godfrey, the outgoing mayor of Drogheda, who famously won seats in three wards in his early political life, but after over 40 years serving the people of Louth, has been giving his marching orders. I'm looking forward already to the next election. Uh, you know, um, I've been in politics for quite a long time, since 1974 when I headed the poll. And in 79, I won three seats and won Loud County Council for good measure. So it's happy days and uh, we have had um, remarkable achievements in all of that and a commitment and service to the people of Drogheda South Loud. Mayors in office uh, at election time, not a good time. Most mayors don't get elected because they're so busy with engagements and functions and all of that. But... Um, you know, I've no excuses. Uh, the people have spoken. The elections is about people. And I always look look forward to the cut and trust of politics. Uh, and uh, as I said, I'm looking forward to the next election. So- and I'd like to commend all the, 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 the winners and those who uh, didn't uh, win uh, on this occasion. They'll come back. There's always another day. Frank Godfrey speaking to Marie Kearns reporting for us there. We'll have a much more reaction and indeed results as they happen throughout the morning. Michael, Michael Reed on LMFM. Now, as counting resumes in uh, the European elections, let's speak to our political co- political correspondent, Sean Defoe. Good morning to you, Sean, and uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, when did they expect to start filling seats? Well, we've got about 60 or 70-odd local seats to go, so they're kind of being filled through the morning, counting getting underway in the last half hour or so, depending on what time they finished up last night, some at 10 again. Then, looking at the Europeans, we did get a first few counts in the Dublin constituency last night. I think we got up to, to count seven. That's going to start again at 10 o'clock this morning, and they're kind of hopeful to maybe be able to elect Kieran Cuff on whatever count number it finally gets to, maybe after two or three more sometime around lunchtime. Different story, possibly, though, in Midlands Northwest and Ireland South. They didn't get even to a first count mm. last night. So quite a lot of counting still to be done there. It looks as though, if we're going by the polls, Mairead McGuinness might get over the line in Midlands Northwest on the first count. That could come maybe by lunchtime as well. But uh, hard to gauge for the sheer number of ballots. I mean, one of the 
stats that shows you just sheer how much paper people are dealing with was that in Cork when the Europeans were being counted from across Ireland south there was seven tonnes of paper to get through. That's a lot of paper, isn't it? Uh, there seems to be a belief that Fine Gael will take a, a second seat in this constituency. It looks like that at the moment, yeah. Certainly the exit poll would have given Maria Walsh the shake-up for the fourth seat there, but I think we're probably going to see something different. If we're going to take the exit poll as our guide, well, it's been off about the Greens in pretty much all the other constituencies. and Some of the votes have been off. For example, the referendum, it was way out. It was five points ahead of where the figure actually ended up with, I think it was a 3% margin of error. It seriously overestimated Kieran Cuff's vote in Dublin by about four points as well. And in the local elections, the exit poll put the Greens at 9%. At the moment, they're coming in closer to six, six and a half. So Saoirse McHugh could be in a bit more trouble than we initially forecast based on that exit poll. And if, I mean, if it's out by mm. three or four points, there's such a tight race there. It could really be anyone's game. You're talking about probably seeing Mairead McGuinness elected first time out or first count out. You would think McCarthy from Sinn Féin is fairly secure. And after that, then you've got Saoirse McHugh, Luke McFlanagan, Maria Walsh, Peter Casey, who will all fancy their chances of getting in one of those last two seats. Saoirse McHugh is uh, the big surprise in uh, this election nationally, isn't she? And perhaps indicative of uh, the public mood, uh, because I don't think she was known at all up to a couple of weeks ago. She's from the furthest flung corner of uh, the country in Ackle Island. uh, And yet here she is poised to take a seat. Absolutely. It would be a hell of a commute from Ackle Island to Brussels every uh, week to go to the European Parliament and to Strasbourg as well. She... I suppose it shows the nature of this election that there wasn't a huge amount of attention paid to it and one really strong performance in relation to the primetime debate put her on a spotlight and allowed her to surge forward on top of what was already a green wave of support coming around the country. Now she did show in that she's an incredibly clever candidate, uh, really sharp, put down Mm. Peter Casey a number of times during that uh, and has some good ideas and is capitalising, I suppose, on a youth green wave. Interesting as well, I think some of the more of the figures from the exit polls show us that younger people in particular are going away from Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil. One of the stats that really jumped out of Midlands Northwest was that among 18 to 24 year olds, Brendan Smith for Fianna Fáil got 0% of the vote. Now obviously that's going to be on a small sample size given the, the way these exit polls go, but we saw it as well in Dublin with Barry Andrews getting 2% of the vote among 18 to 24 year olds and 42% going green in Dublin. So you are seeing a demographic shift in who young people are voting for and Saoirse McHugh probably captures that best as one of the youngest candidates. Uh, and her best opportunity was that TV debate and uh, I suppose it uh, tells us how important these debates can be. Yeah, as much as we might give out about them and wonder, like incredibly difficult to do debates as I'm sure you found as well during this campaign because of the sheer number of candidates. How do you do justice to 17 people in Midlands Northwest or some of the larger council ballots as well? I think RTE did it probably as fairly as they could with, uh, I think, 10 candidates on the night for most of them, 9 or 10 anyway. And very difficult to stand out in that mm. crowd. So it is all credit to Saoirse McHugh that she was able to go and make a point of difference and get the vote ahead. But if everyone thought, you know, there's been a lot of talk in this election about getting rid of posters, of being social media-led, and that's there to a certain amount. But there's still the face recognition and these debates in traditional media that can give people a boost. But what's your feeling at, at this stage? The only certainty here is Mairead McGuinness. Uh, you'd expect Maria Walsh uh, to get a, enough of a, a surplus to carry her over the line, and that leaves two of the four seats. Uh, who do you think will take them? 
Uh, I would think that Matt Carthy should be able to retain his seat. We're seeing Sinn Féin get not bashing all around the country. Mm. You know, it'll be interesting to see where exactly that puts him. Will, will he be lower at the, I think, 15% that was there in the exit poll? It's going to be a tough one for him, but there's still some of the tallies putting him down. You know, they haven't really looked at boxes from the likes of Cavan and Loud, where he, you know, he mm. would be, he'd pick up a good few votes, particularly there in Cavan. So I would think he'll be able to get there. And then after that, you've got a bit of a battle. I mean, I'm not entirely convinced that Maria Walsh will get the second seat. I think she's more likely for the third mm. or the fourth. She's probably going to be more transfer-friendly than some of the other candidates. Uh, Peter Casey and Luke Flanagan, obviously in the shake-up, as is Saoirse McHugh. And to be honest with you, it's very tight to call. We're going to have to see just how far out that exit poll was. If I was to call it based uh, simply on the exit poll, and what I'm hearing around the grounds, then I would probably stick with my pre-election prediction, which would be Mairead McGuinness, Matt Carthy, Luke Flanagan and Maria Walsh. OK. The, oh, by the way, uh, just to mention it as well, uh, there'll be questions in Fianna Fáil about the strategy used in this constituency, won't there? Oh, it's gone horribly wrong for them. Absolutely horribly wrong. We saw it last time out where Pat the Cope missed out by, I think it was just 300 votes. He was very, very close. But this has been absolutely disastrous for them. Not only if they split the vote, but the two candidates together only polled 9%. Just the wrong choice of candidates, the abandoning of any sort of electoral line, they really did mess this one up and a huge amount of questions for Fianna Fáil in what otherwise was a pretty okay election for them and likely to pick up MEP seats from the other two wards. But uh, Midlands Northwest is a disaster for them. All right. Well, there's just three constituencies in the country. Uh, the Midlands Northwest is where we are. Uh, let's talk about the other two briefly, if we can, Sean. Uh, the Dublin constituency looks set to elect Kieran Coffin, probably Francis Fitzgerald. But is it possible to call it after that? I think Barry Andrews will be OK. I think he's going to have enough support to get over the line. But after that, it's quite difficult. Realistically, there's only five candidates in the running. Looking at the first counts that we got last mm. night, there's... Um, there's Kieran Coff who'll get over probably in the next few counts, Francis Fitzgerald, Barry Andrews, then Lynn Boyle in the sitting Sinn Féin MEP and Independence for Change, TD Claire Daly. After that, you drop the drop-off is quite significant. It's about fifteen or 20,000 votes to the next candidate down, who's Gary Gammon of the Social Democrats. Mm-hmm. So it's going to depend for those final seats on where the transfer goes. It's a, lot, a big left vote that's kind of fractured. You've got Gary Gannon, you've got Alex White, Mark Durkin, I know is Fine Gael, but has... SDLP roots, other candidates like that who we're not entirely sure where they'll transfer. It's been a bad day for Sinn Féin, bad weekend for Sinn Féin. So at the moment, I'd give that final seat to Claire Daly. I think she's going to be more transfer-friendly and then boiling a loser seat. All right, well, that would certainly add to Sinn Féin's woes. What about uh, the South constituency? We've uh, sitting MEPs, Sean Kelly and Leah Nerida. I gather they'll be returned and Billy Keller will possibly take a seat for Fianna Fáil. There is a fourth seat, though. Uh, there's a fourth and a fifth seat down in Ireland. Oh, I beg your pardon, yes. Fourth, mm. fourth guaranteed and then the fifth Brexit mm. seat, um, as you'll have it. So, yeah, I think you're you're fairly dead on with those at the start. Um, probably looking like Sean Kelly will top the poll, then followed in by Leon Reida fairly comfortably and... Biddy Callagher as well, though Leonie Reader's vote would be down uh, along with the Sinn Féin trend. And then it's kind of fractured. It's pretty interesting down there as well. Grace O'Sullivan from the Greens on the exit poll is in, but she's facing the same problem as Saoirse McHugh. How accurate is that exit poll? You've got Mick Wallace, again, who's in the mix there in around 10%, who uh, quite a recognisable name. You've got Malcolm Byrne, second Fianna Fáil candidate on 9%. You've got as well... Um, 
the I'm blanking entirely on the, mm. the last candidate down there who will be in the mix um, Deirdre is Deirdre Clune my yeah, apologies yeah, for yeah, Fine Gael yeah, mm, who is the sitting MEP and has about 9% of the vote she's the most in danger I would say of losing her seat mm. uh, Andrew Doyle there the third for, for Fine Gael not really getting much 4% there so there's 4 into 2 doesn't go quite hard to call how it is I would tip at the moment probably Grace O'Sullivan if the green wave keeps up and after that, you're looking possibly well a battle of Wexford between Malcolm Byrne and Mick Wallace for who can get more transfers. And you think on name recognition across the entire constituency alone, possibly Mick Wallace sleeks in there. But we'll have to see just how far off the exit poll was. It's, it's so tight down there that one or two percent either way could entirely change things. All right. Well, the election is over. The people have spoken and the seats are being filled. But all of the papers are reporting this morning, it seems, about the possibility of an election. Yeah, I, I don't buy into this, to be honest with you. I think this is Leo Varadkar trying to distract from what overall was a relatively poor weekend for Fine Gael. They're going to do OK in the locals, probably keep all, you know, four seats there, albeit losing one and gaining another somewhere else. Mm. But the local elections, they're spinning it. And if I hear it one more time from any Fine Gael source, they're saying that this is the first government to gain seats in a local election in 20 years. And factually, that's accurate, but it's coming from a hugely low base. They lost 105 seats out in 2014. It's a bit like being relegated from the Premier League and then celebrating the fact that you stayed in the Championship. It's not exactly a great weekend for Fine Gael. And I think a lot of this from Leo Varadkar is just distracting about that because it's what everyone is talking about. That said, the timing of a general election is now going to be key. Fine Gael won't be too keen to go into one right now based on this weekend's results. I'd argue Fine Gael probably not either, even though there's some green shoots for them. And yes, the timing for the rest of the year is difficult. If, as expected, three or four TDs get elected MEP, then by the end of November, you've got to have a day of by-elections. And that could become quite a thorn in the side of the government. It could be this day of almost a referendum on the government. And they're not guaranteed to, to get or hold any one of those seats, looking at the different constituencies that are up. And then you've got Brexit as well. A lot of people in Fine Gael and Fine Fáil don't want to pass another budget. And yes, Brexit deadline looms in October. If I think if one of the bigger parties had done outstandingly well, if you were looking at Fine Gael or Fianna Fáil up in the mid-30s, then we would see a, next, a general election in the next few weeks because with all the uncertainty going on in the UK at the moment around the Tory leadership, you could argue it's actually the best time to do it. There's a big vacuum there where nothing's going to get done on Brexit for another two months possibly, which would be about the right time to hold an election and sort out another Irish government. But that's not going to happen now based on this weekend's results. September, you're facing into another Brexit deadline. I don't see it happening then. So I think probably the most likely thing is another budget gets passed and we're looking at early 2020. Thanks very much, Sean. Uh, Pleasure as always. Sean Defoe, our political correspondent. Michael, Michael Reed on, on LMFM. LMFM. We're going to Navin now where we've another result. Mark O'Driscoll joins us. What can you tell us, Mark? Good morning, Michael. Well, on day three of the count here at Simonstown GA Club, Francis Dean has been the first candidate elected today. He just got over the quota there on the seventh count. He is three votes over the quota of 1,300. So that means we have three seats now filled in Navin. Fianna Fáil's Tommy Riley in twos, Emer Tobin and independent Francis Dean. 
we still have another four seats to fill, of course, and the last of those could yet be a dogfight between Fine Gael candidates Ross Kelly um, and also Green Party candidate Seamus McMiniman. OK, but Francis Dean elected, as you say. Thanks, Mark. We'll be checking in with you throughout uh, the morning. And Emer Tobin is on the line. Congratulations to you. As we already heard, uh, you're one of uh, the now three elected councillors in Navan. How do you feel about that? Oh, I feel brilliant about it. Absolutely great, great evening uh, yesterday evening. Uh, I suppose I was declared around half eight after a long wait at the count centre. But uh, no, we're absolutely ecstatic. We went into the campaign, you know, pretty optimistic that, you know, by knocking on as many doors as possible and talking to as many people in Navin that we'd we'd get a good outcome. But no, we were absolutely delighted to get a nearly uh, 1,300 first-preference votes. Okay, do you think you took some of uh, the Sinn Féin vote? Well, it does appear that way, um, uh, Michael. Certainly, if you look even around the country, there, there seems to be a similar pattern where some of their vote has gone to our other candidates in, in other counties. Um, it's possible we, we may have got a bit from Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael as well. Right. Uh, are you surprised? Um, well, I suppose there has been a, a, a slight shift in, mm. in Sinn Féin membership and supporters and certainly talking to people at the doorstep, a lot of people expressed, now not, uh, you know, not every single person at the doorstep by any means, but a certain number of which did kind of surprise me, the volume of people, that they just expressed a bit of kind of alienation from leadership. They didn't feel they were being represented to the same extent as they used to be. They just felt there was a shift in kind of policy focus. There wasn't the same kind of um, emphasis on, on the real hardcore issues of, of housing and, mm. you know, say, antisocial behaviour. So people just a little bit disconnected from their leadership. And obviously that that leads to a lot of dissatisfaction. OK, well, congratulations to you and thanks for taking our call this morning. Uh, I'm sure uh, we'll speak uh, again over the next five years or so that you hold office. Uh, Maria's in studio with us and uh, I know the phone's been very busy. We might hear uh, some of uh, the comments from people as we go through uh, the rest of the morning as well as uh, more results and so on. Paul Bell has also come in to us, uh, returned as a Labour Party councillor. Congratulations Good to morning, you. Mike. Thank you very much. Mm. Uh, along with my comrades, uh, P.O. Smith and uh, Michelle Hall. It's been mm. a very, very good performance for us here in Drogheda. Uh, pleasantly surprised, I have to say. Mm. Uh, uh, 29% of the vote is not easy to achieve. Booking a national trend as well. Absolutely. Mm. Well, it wouldn't be the first time we've done that in Drogheda. And uh, we do have mm. a, a kind of formula here that works for us. Uh, uh, both Council Smith and myself are very hard-working community representatives, but also our, our colleague Michelle Hall has proven to have captured the mm. imagination of constituents in the in the area she ran and there's great hopes that she will be an excellent councillor. I've absolutely no doubt that she will be and certainly capture the vote very, very well for mm. us the, in that area. The Green Challenge, uh, which uh, has led to a, a green wave across uh, the country, mm. wasn't the same kind of obstacle for you. Do you think that was part of it? Uh, I think there's a number of factors. Mm. I think that uh, some political parties, one in particular, suffered a correction. Sinn Féin. Absolutely. I mm. think that's the word I would use, mm. uh, where maybe some voters decided that they wanted people who made a difference in their lives and not made noise. And that's a lot of that's come back to us. We can see that. Uh, but we certainly have worked very hard, myself and Councillor Smith, mm. over the period. And I'm here since 2004. And the workload is extremely difficult. But we really try to work with our communities and work for those in the community. Yeah. We're not always successful. 
but we certainly got the return and it's based on hard work. There's also other factors, I agree. Uh, there may be the green factor. Mm. Uh, not so sure how much that played a, f- uh, a part, but definitely did play a part. But then again, if you look at what's happening in County Me to it, uh, our colleague Annie Hoy mm. looking set to take a seat in that constituency with a four-week campaign. It's amazing. Mm. Uh, but there's, there's, there's some faith being restored in the party. What I would like to say this, Michael, uh, I'd be saying to my party colleagues nationally, we won't be getting carried away with this. Uh, there's a lot of things being said out there. This result, yeah. like the last yeah. result, needs to be analysed. Uh, it needs well, to be It's a very good result for Labour locally, yeah. not yeah. so good nationally, yeah. on about 6%, a very absolutely. poor election. It's still, it absolutely still uh, where it is. And you look at, at how the Green vote has yeah. surged, uh, and like that, as you mentioned, the Sinn Féin vote has collapsed. Uh, we'll be talking with uh, Tomás Sharkey in a few minutes' time, but when you were speaking with uh, members of uh, the party of Sinn Féin, Marie, over the weekend, uh, were they trying to make sense of all of that? They really were, Michael. I, I think there, there was a deep level of shock. I'm sure you probably saw mm-hmm. that yes. at the count um, on you know mm-hmm. Saturday, and then going into Sunday when the, I suppose the first, the worst fears were realised, mm-hmm. and both Kenneth Flood and Dave Soren were were you know given their marching orders, mm-hmm. and also Anne Campbell, a huge blow to them. But I mean, they will take a little bit of comfort. It was Joanna Byrne's first time before mm-hmm. the electorate. She, uh, you may remember, was co-opted to replace Imelda Munster and she did remarkably well for mm-hmm. her first Absolutely. time out. They will look at Paddy McQuillan entering mm-hmm. the fray. I mean, he is, well, is the former mm-hmm. Sinn Féin sitting councillor, was yeah. on the council from 2019 to 2014. He was given the boot by mm-hmm. the party. He lifted his profile quite a, uh, yes, a lot he did. in organising that demonstration yes. against the gangs. Yes. Uh, and uh, do you think that kind of work plays into how people view their elected representatives. Yeah, well, what they, I think what most people want from the elected representatives is they want hard work. Mm. But there's other factors, if you look at what happened here, like Fina Gale lost the only seat that they had in the mm. constituency. Yes. And there has to be a question about that because... By by and large, if you look at the those the most the most vocal of all councillors yeah. on yeah. crime and gangland stuff, Absolutely. and uh, we'll probably speak to Richie before we finish yeah. up today. Yes. But uh, that would have been a, a great surprise to many mm. people locally. Uh, why do you think that was? Were people voting because of the cost of uh, the new uh, children's hospital or broadband or these issues? Uh, some of those issues fed into the election. Mm. There's no doubt, but this election is the first election that I've been involved in since 2004 where basically it was local issues were being discussed. Yeah. Other local mm. elections were used as a kind of a referendum on that government's performance at that time. Yeah. Nobody the, mentioned Anglo-Irish Bank to you at the doorstep. Absolutely. Mm. All, no water charges yeah. and so forth. Mm. So you didn't have that. Mm. So you didn't have that noise. You were dealing with local issues. You were also dealing with uh, a performance appraisal. In other words, you were going back to your constituency and you were saying to your constituents, listen, mm. I did work for these issues for you over that period can you please return me uh, into the, into this job? Can you give me another mandate? Uh, in relation to uh, some people losing their seats, like obviously uh, Councillor Calham will speak for himself, mm. but I think a lot of what, what, what I was seeing over the period of the campaign was basically grunt work, grind work. What were you doing week to week? Were you in the community? Were you, were you processing the things that they want to process? The process? Mm-hmm. Like, and sometimes you have to say, Michael, you're dealing with constituents' issues and you're not always successful, but sometimes they actually appreciate that there was an effort made and attention given to that. Okay. I ran a but, constituency clinic all that period. 
in the Holy Family Boxing Club but and that type of thing has been going on for me. Just, but just looking at Fine Gael, yeah. when you go back to um, Drogheda Borough Council of 10 years, they had five seats then. Yes. Now they have one, Oliver Tully, in, in Drogheda Rural. Yeah. So, I mean, it's okay. a huge collapse of their yeah. boat. All right, well, congratulations to you, Paul. Thank Thanks you. for coming in to us uh, this morning. Thank you, Michael. And uh, I wish to thank all those out mm. there who voted for me. And for those who didn't vote for me, I want to know everybody, I will certainly serve to walk very hard over the next five years. Thank you very thank much you. indeed. Uh, that's uh, recently returned Labour Party councillor Paul Bell. Michael Reed on LMFM. Well, the process of filling the seats in County Mead uh, continues and uh, we did mention that there was one uh, councillor elected in Trim. Uh, that should have been two, actually. Uh, That's with... right, Michael, because mm-hmm. Joe mm-hmm. Fox was also elected. There was a recount mm. there and after the recount, um, both of them <laughs> were, were elected. Mm-hmm. So well done to Noel French and Joe Fox. Very good. All right. Uh, I think we've uh, Tomas Sharkey, Sinn Féin councillor, who's been re-elected on the phone. Good morning to you. Good morning, Gurr And Mike. congratulations to you. Uh, it's uh, good to be returned, uh, but not a, a great day for Sinn Féin, all told. We had a difficult weekend, Mike. There's, there's absolutely no doubt about that. Um, as a party, we've had a difficult time, and I want to start off as well by reaching out to the hard workers who worked on all of our campaigns across Live and Mead and across the state as well, and specifically to the candidates who worked worked so so hard nobody can fault the effort the commitment the energy that all of our candidates put into this campaign in in Dundalk we're, we're very disappointed that Eugene Garvey and Anne Campbell weren't elected Anne Campbell has worked tirelessly and impressed people in the county council and the work that she's doing the empathy that she's shown for for the people in in, in her area Eugene Garvey came into the campaign with a blow of energy a, a blow of commitment to his local communities. It just wasn't our weekend, mm. Mike, and, and and that's that. It's it's sad. If it wasn't for lack of effort, what was the reason? Do you think? Well, see, that's it. That's something that we're going to have to take time, Mike. We're going to have to take time to examine. We we know what we put into this. We put in a hundred percent of our energy. We put an awful lot of of shoe footwork into this we put an mm. awful lot of time our our friends our family put an awful lot of commitment into this we put a lot of sweat and and tears into this as well it didn't work maybe our energies were misdirected maybe we were putting our energies into delivering the message that the public weren't uh, weren't receptive to but we didn't pick up on it mike Mm. And I'm being honest with you on live radio, we didn't pick up on this disappointment. disappointment. We didn't realise that so many people were going to step away from from us in this campaign. We had our leaflets, we had our posters, we had our manifesto, we had our themes, we had enough cable ties to get the posters up. Mm. You didn't have Gerry Adams. Uh, Was that part of the problem, do you think? You've gone from 15% to 10% of uh, the vote from 159 seats in uh, 2014 to just over 60 at this stage. Uh, what do you mean, Mike? Well, we didn't you... have Jerry Adams. Jerry Adams, uh, he, he's, he's still about. He's a TD in Leicester House. Mm. You, you mean he's just not the party president anymore? Yes. Well, look at um, Mary Lou's the party president. Mm. Mary Lou's one person at the seat of an... When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. She, she's, she's the president in the president's office and the leadership of the party is a collective leadership. We have an awful lot of people in the Art Collier. I Personally, I wouldn't be able to list off who the members of the Sinn Féin Art Collier and regional structures are. Mary Lou has been president for uh, for a short time. Uh, I'm not going to start putting any blame mm. on this bad election on Mary Lou. I think that she's put as much effort and energy in as anybody else into this election campaign. She's on the phone to me. She came up to help me in my campaign. She gives me good listening. She gives me wise mm. listening. I think where we fell down probably is somewhere in between, somewhere in the middle, somewhere between the leadership and the underground. We we just lost the communication. Life will travel through mm. a vacuum. Mary Lou can see the workers on the ground and the councillors. The councillors can see. Is it is the it the position that the party has taken nationally? Then, if it's not the individuals who are making the decisions, is it this idea that Sinn Féin could go into government with Fine Gael? Well, I, I, what I will say to this, and there's a lot in, in in your remark there, and I'm not sure if it's a question or a remark. If it was a situation that we had just one or two areas or, or a number of areas where we had a bad election, you turn around and say, well, there must have been something locally went wrong there. Mm. But this was a broad sweep disappointment. Every single county saw a fall in the vote. Every single county saw disappointed uh, people on the ground. So we can't turn around and say, well, it was only down to some type of localised candidate or campaign. This is obviously something that was done wrong generically, systematically within the party. But there's a lot of questions, aren't there? Uh, I mean, there was uh, the interference in the selection of uh, the PSNI chief constable. Uh, There's this ongoing question that people have, rightly or wrongly, about taking seats in Westminster. There's already been a, a disastrous presidential campaign on the part of Sinn Féin and now you see the bottom fallout of it in the local elections. Well, we have to be, yeah, well, look, a couple of months ago we were examining how we had gone with the presidential election campaign and now we realise that we can't blame Leah Nerida for that. We can't blame a a, a remark about a poppy that uh, the problem was there. The problem was already there a couple of months ago during the Nerida's presidential campaign. We haven't found what that problem is yet and we didn't fix it in time for the local elections. But one thing is now, we have to now do careful listening and I'm asking everybody involved in Sinn Féin to help us in a project that we will do ten times more listening than we will do speaking because we have to now 
start showing internal humility within our party. We have to start going back out to our communities and asking our local, asking our neighbours, asking our rural voters, what is it that you need of your elected representative? Okay. And then we have to judge on that. Gone are the days when we can go out and tell somebody how they should vote or tell somebody, this is the Sinn Féin position, this is what we want you to do. In the last lo- in number of political activities in, 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 in the state, it's been around single-issue uh, single campaigns, uh, abortion, mm. uh, marriage equality. And we know that people got engaged with that. And we know that people made their own decisions, made up their own minds. Okay. We Much know that Sinn Féin voters didn't mm. vote for Lee and Arita. Mm. And now we have to find our voters and bring them okay. back in. Well, look, congratulations to you, Tomas. Thanks Sharon. very much, Thank Mike. Thank you indeed uh, for joining us. Independent uh, councillor Sharon Kyogen has also been returned. Not once, but it appears as though she may be returned twice and take her seat and possibly the other seat. Sharon Kyogen, good morning to you and congratulations to you. Good morning to you, Mike, and good morning to all the listeners. Are you going to take both seats? I'm going to do my damnedest to try and keep them, anyhow. Um, mm. But, you know, let's just wait and see what today is about taking the two seats. I think it's a, a massive victory. Um, and I don't think we should talk about anything else other than that today. It, it's a great, great win um, to take two uh, independent seats. Um, in two municipal areas. It's the first time it's ever been done in the country by a woman. And um, I, that, is the, that is the conversation of today. And you believe um, you'll be successful, that you'll take the second seat? Oh, I, yeah. well, look, at they're telling me that I'm going to be mm. successful in, in yeah, taking the yeah. second seat. I remember this time, uh, four years ago, mm. uh, five years ago, I was 11 votes out from, out from taking that seat. Mm. Anything can happen in council, and you know that as well as I do. Mm. Mm. Um, but, yes, fingers crossed, I'm, I'm on, on, on gear to take that, on, on the mark to take that second seat. And what do you think has been the key to your success this time round? Hard work. Hard work. That's exactly, I mean, I, everybody knows that I work hard. I have a full-time office there in Delique dedicated to serving the public every single day. Um, and I have been with the people of the areas that I've represented and the people that have voted me in throughout the two municipal areas for nearly every single one of those days for the last five years. And any time anyone had a problem, I was there to try and help and try and find a solution to that problem um, for them. Um I've been with communities in good times and bad times and I work hard and my office team work hard and I have a fantastic team behind me um, and that's basically it. I've worked hard for the people and that has been reflected in the vote. They, they've come out and they have given me the number mm. one vote uh, so I'm absolutely thrilled. You wanted this. With that. So, uh, uh, oh I did. Yeah, you know yeah, I, I really really did and mm. I, I you know I I love everything I do. I love, from the mm. moment I get up in the, in the morning till the, I put my head in the pillow at night, I work hard for the people. Um, there's no nine to five days with me and everybody that knows that knows I could be at a bus at seven or mm. half seven in the morning when the buses are, are, people can't get their children on buses. I could be out at 11 o'clock at night getting water to people, you know, when the crisis mm. was, was around there. So I am not, I am not your typical councillor. I have worked mm. hard for those two seats and you know that there is a lesson there maybe for the bigger yeah. parties to be on the ground with the people. Don't ever forget the people that you serve. Okay. And a lot and a lot of the parties, bigger parties, have forgot that. Yes, it has been a great election for the bigger parties. The mm. Shin, the, 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 not Sinn Féin, obviously. But particularly... Fianna Fáil, yeah, yeah. Fianna Fáil mm. and the Fine Gael. Mm. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. 
they have taken a lot, a lot of seats. Yeah, um, particularly good election for the Greens, of course. Uh, good election for Sharon Kogan. Good election for Kevin Callan. Uh, and I, I hear you saying you don't particularly want to talk a, a about what happens if you have the two seats. But I'm going to have to ask you the same question that I'll be asking Kevin Callan, which is like, would you want to keep both salaries? Would you want to deny somebody else? The, would you want to deny somebody else the opportunity to represent people? Uh, will you take this to the courts? Put it, put it like this. Anyone that knows me knows I'm not in this for the money. And they know, I, I mean, it, it, the money that councillors get paid is absolutely, really, really uh, appalling, to tell you the God's honest truth. For the work that we mm. do, um, I've always said we do not get paid enough. I, well, I do this full-time. Mm. This is my choice to do it full-time because I believe the people deserve it. You, said, you, you said to us when you were in for the pre-election debate though, that you were willing yes, to go to the courts about this. Challenge. Yes, yeah. if mm. need be, I will do that. If need, I mean, I, I am discussing it. As you know, Kevin is a barrister there. Mm. We, we had discussed this before and we, we will discuss it uh, throughout today uh, and tomorrow and we will come up with a, a, a joint strategy on it and what we're going to do. But at this point in time, it's been a great victory for me today, mm. please mm. God. Yes. It's about being the first woman in Ireland to ever have done that. And, uh, you know, the people are going to get Sharon Kilgan. doesn't matter what happens. The people are going to get Sharon Kilgan to represent them. I'm going to still do what I said I was going to do. I'm still going to open that office in Stamullen. Mm. The people have elected Sharon Kilgan. They've elected an independent. That seat does not belong to Sinn Féin. It does not belong to Fianna Fáil. It does not belong to Fine Gael. It is very independence. Okay. It's a very, very important. It's a Kogan seat. Well, so, congratulations to you. Thank you. And it thank really you is Mike, a wonderful and I really appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, that's independent councillor Sharon Kogan. It's a, a bizarre situation, isn't it, Marie? It, it really mm. is. And just to say, Kevin Callan has been in touch mm. due to work commitments. He can't speak to okay, us today, right, but yeah. he will. Mm-hmm. He's hoping to make himself available mm. tomorrow. But I did have a long chat with him mm. over the weekend, Michael, and he was of the opinion that. You know, he could decide who mm. could take, who could replace him. But from talking to others, they say, no, that's not going to be the case. He'll have to decide mm. within the next three days which mm-hmm. area he's going to pick. And the same with Sharon. And if they don't pick, it will be picked for them based on their first preference votes, where well, they got the most votes. It <laughs> may be picked for them because uh, there may be a legal challenge, as Sharon yes. Kogan said. They're contemplating yes. a constitutional challenge too the decision to do that uh, but uh, we'll be watching that space A lot of texts coming in about it Michael from people right. uh, and people mm. are saying does it make a mockery of the system that you're allowed to do this mm-hmm. uh, you know should there be a change that you can't run in more than one area mm. uh, because obviously it's a massive achievement for them but yeah. people are saying we voted for them to represent us and that's who we want to represent us mm. So we watch this space. Okay. I'm very interested to see what's going to happen. All right. Uh, thanks for that, Marie. And uh, we are taking text messages and uh, phone calls. If you do want to make comment, our telephone number is 1850-715-958. Michael Reed on LMFM. Well, voting resumed around uh, the country this morning in the European elections, but in Northern Ireland, the voting only started uh, this morning. Let's uh, talk about what might happen with Jim Wells, DUP, MLA for South Down. Good morning to you, Jim Wells, and thanks as always uh, for joining us. Why was there no counting yesterday? Uh, Michael, I think you said the, the voting had only started and the counting. Oh, did I? I beg your pardon. Yes. Uh, <laughs> well, you're not ca- earning your fabulous salary this morning. No, no, um, no. My, my apologies. No, okay, so count, well, ca- counting has resumed elsewhere, but only started in Northern Ireland this morning. Why is that? Well, because we have a tradition in Northern Ireland that we don't poll our count votes on a Sunday. Uh, many of the staff who would count would not take part if it was held on 
uh, on a Sunday in Northern Ireland, and that's just tradition, uh, and mm. we're quite content with that. A day of rest. Uh, Pounding has started in Maherfelt, an unusual uh, decision to have it in, in South London, Derry, rather than in Belfast. Um, only just briefly started, I, I think, from the tallymen that are there. And, of course, our tallymen are the patch on the ones in the Irish Republic who are quite amazing. would indicate that uh, Alliance and TUV are polling well. Uh, and that would particularly their lands was predicted that, that Naomi Long would, would pull well. Mm. Um, so I suspect it'll be one Sinn Féin, one DUP, and then a tussle between TUV and Alliance for the last seat with uh, Ulster Unit having a particularly bad day. OK, that's Jim Allister and Naomi Long uh, who will battle it out uh, from what you're hearing. Uh, are you hoping that Diane Dodds will take a, a seat in the European Parliament for the DUP? I think it's taken as accepted by everyone that Martina Anderson for Sinn Féin unfortunately will be easily elected and then Diane Dodds uh, from the DUP will retain the seat that the party have always held. The interest here in Northern Ireland is on the third seat where there are four major candidates uh, uh, in play for it but it's looking very much like a tussle between Jim Ballister, who would take what mm. is traditionally the second unionist seat if he's successful, and Naomi Long, whose party have had a surge basically on the pro-Remain um, uh, spectrum. Uh, Alliance, a very strong pro-Remain party, and as you know, Northern Ireland split uh, 56% Remain, 44% Leave, so I think that will be reflected in the results uh, from today. And do you believe uh, that Martina Anderson, Diane Dodds and whoever the third MEP will be holding seats in the European Parliament in November? Hopefully not. Mike, in fact, I'd be very disappointed if they were. I think everyone wants, uh, at least all Brexiteers would like to think we'll be out long before November. Um, And I really do hope that you and I are not having yet another conversation Mm. about Brexit at that stage. Um, the, the final deadline is the 31st of October for the latest uh, attempt to get us out of Europe. And like we'd all like to think it would be long before that. So, you know, whoever wins their seats uh, will be there on a temporary basis, uh, maybe six months, uh, slightly less. And uh, so, and everybody who stood went on that, forward on that basis. And that also reflected the very low turnout we had here in Northern Ireland, just over 45%. And that indicates a lot of people feel that this is more an opinion poll rather than electing people to seats because they're not going to hold their seats for more than a few weeks. Mm, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Absolutely, Michael. Uh, yeah. And that we are agreed. Uh, it was a crazy situation that the United Kingdom ever found itself fighting a European election. We should have been out long ago. I understand the total cost of this election is about £110 million sterling, uh, and that's a total waste of money for candidates who are going to be in and out. With the, re- the recess in Europe, they'll be hardly into their seats until they're away again. And uh, this, is, this is nonsense. I mean, that money could have been spent. I could have built a very nice new hospital. And unfortunately, well, not in Northern Ireland, not in the <laughs> no, Republic, of no, course. No. <laughs> well, we just cut ten times yeah. that in the Republic, but you know it, what I mean? Yeah. It would have been... We all been following the saga in Dublin with good interest. You might get an outpatient's um, department, maybe. Um, well, I might get you the waiting room in the children's hospital in exactly, Dublin. But yes. um, mm-hmm. c- certainly uh, in Northern Ireland, uh, that has seems an awful waste of money. The only people, can I say, Michael, who are happy about a European election in Northern Ireland are the teachers who got the day off because their school was used as a polling station. Mm. That is the only people I find remotely enthusiastic 
about the election. They canvassed many doors and certainly there's an all-time lack of interest in this one. But here we are and because you're in this ridiculous situation, is it one of the reasons you'll be glad to see the back of Mrs May? views about the departure of Theresa May. I mean, I think everyone, even people watching her from the Irish Republic, would admire her tenacity and the fact that she took just about everything that was thrown at her and came back and was still standing at the end. But but I think also most observers should realise that she was simply out of her depth. She tried her best, but she simply did not have the capacity to deliver Brexit on behalf of the people of the United Kingdom. And it was noticeable not a single political commentator or MP said, please, Theresa May, review your decision, please stay. Everyone accepted that she was out of her depth and had to go. And what we now need is a new Prime Minister for the United Kingdom who can deliver the will of the country, which is, of course, Brexit. Mm. Who will be the next British Prime Minister? (laughs) Michael, if I, was, if I knew the answer to that, mm. um, I'd be a very wealthy man. Um, uh, obviously, it's Boris Johnson's to lose. That, that's obviously clear. The indications are that he has 38% support amongst the, to- the, uh, the Tory rank and file, with perhaps Dominic Rabb uh, as the outsider. Boris Johnson has a mixed personality. At times, he can be absolutely brilliant. and times, he has the potential to self-destruct. And we haven't knows what is going to happen in the campaign ahead. There have been many, many times in the history of the United Kingdom, particularly with the Hasseltine major battle mm. way back almost 30 years ago, that the front runner was caught and caught rapidly. And I, whoever it is the DUP will work with and work with uh, on a business-like fashion, but I, I think this one's a difficult one to call simply because Boris has been out of the, the, the blocks too fast and there are many, many people who are digging around to try and find material to, to try and downgrade his... his who, uh, who would be your preferred candidate? Personally, um, that's a very good question. I think Rob, I think, mm. would be most people's Argove from a political level uh, and Northern Ireland would, would want to see one of those two elected as Prime Minister. Um but it's not really our role to interfere in the internal affairs of the Conservative Party. That's, that's something for the 160-odd thousand members. Uh, and therefore, um, we will simply work with whoever is put in place. We've had to work with some very able prime ministers, and we've had to work with some of those who are less than helpful. And that's just the role of political parties, to work with whoever you're, you're presented with. Um, we have a good relationship with Boris Johnson. I mean, he spoke at our party conference in November and went down very well. Uh, but I suspect, as John Major, a dark horse will appear and come up on the rails and may well overtake him. And we just have to be ready for that. Interesting times. We leave it there for the moment, though, Jim. Thank you indeed for joining us, as always. Jim Wells, DUP, MLA for Southdown. Michael, Michael Reed, Reed on, on LMFM. LMFM. We'll go back uh, to Simonstown where Mark O'Driscoll is watching uh, the count in Meath for us. Uh, I don't think you've a, a result uh, as yet, uh, but we're getting close to one. You do have some shock news, uh, bad news that is, uh, again for Sinn Féin, Mark. Yes, good morning again, Michael. Yeah, the big shocker here this morning at Simonstown is that Sinead Burke of Sinn Féin has been eliminated on the eighth count in Navin. She's just got a total of 651 votes. Very surprising as well. She was likely to be their next general election candidate. And as 
is keeping with the national trend, I suppose. Sinn Féin have suffered badly across the constituencies in Meath and look like they could possibly lose a councillor in each of the six electoral areas. Navin is probably one of the most interesting areas now at the moment. You have six candidates remaining, fighting it out for four seats. Now, it's likely Sinn Féin's Eddie Fennessy and Fianna Fáil's Park the Simons and indeed independent Alan Laws will all get over the line. But the last seat will be a battle between the Green Party's Seamus McMenamin, Fianna Gael's Yemi Adonga and Fianna Gael's Ross Kelly. They're both new time candidates. So it'll be interesting to see. I suspect that the last one or two candidates won't reach the quota. So we should probably in the next hour or two know where Navin is headed regarding the seven seats. Okay, but Sinead Burke, as you say, has lost her seat in Navin. You're expecting councillors to be elected uh, sort of quickly now uh, because uh, of how the votes are going. And the next councillor elected will probably be a Sinn Féin councillor in Kells. Yes, it looks like Johnny Gurk is very close to getting over the line now. He's just a few 50-odd votes shy of the quota in Kells. The counts are coming thick and fast here now, but I suppose depending on where transfers go in the rest of the constituencies or electoral areas, I should say, uh, it's really anybody's guess where where things will end up in a lot of the areas. Um, I suppose just to bring it back to Sinn Féin there, it looks as if uh, Darren O'Rourke in Ashburn is in danger of losing his seat. Michael Gallagher in Kells is very touch and go at the moment. Sinead Burke, as we've heard there, has been eliminated in Navin. Rhea Rourke was eliminated last night in Rassos. And then Emer Ferguson is another touch and go candidate in Laytown, Bettystown. And Caroline Lynch is also in danger in Trim. Okay, thanks uh, for that, Mark. Uh, We'll keep in touch with you through the rest of uh, the morning. Mark O'Driscoll reporting from Simonstown. Now, let's uh, go uh, to the European elections, European-wide, and we're joined by Karen Coleman, editor with Europarl Radio, which reports from the parliaments in Brussels and Strasbourg. Good morning to you, Karen, and thanks for joining us. Uh, A lot of uh, attention, naturally enough, on the outcome locally. Uh, But there's been... uh, relatively good turnout, the best turnout in 20 years, it seems, across the European Union for the European elections this year. Yes, good morning, Michael. And indeed, yes, as you say, biggest turnout across the EU and I think something like 20 years with just around 51% of the electorate turning out to vote. And again, very interesting, the trends that are developing from the outcome of the results with certainly um, the EPP group, which had been the largest political group in the European Parliament It's the centre-right group of which Fine Gael is a member, set to lose maybe about 40 seats or so. And so too will the Social and Democrats grouping, which would be the Labour grouping in the Parliament, also set to lose around 40 or so seats. And what's interesting there is that it now seems that neither the EPP nor the Socialists and Democrats can no longer form one coalition grouping as they have been doing so. They are going to have to rely on the Greens and the Liberals. So the Greens, again, like we've seen in Ireland, they have increased their number of seats, likely to take something around maybe 19 to 20 more seats in the Parliament. And the Liberal group, the Aldi group, also will increase its number of seats, uh, partly because Emmanuel Macron, the President of France, he's his, his uh, MEPs are going to go into that group. So it, it's going to lead to a more interesting uh, Parliament. But the big surge in right-wing hardcore Eurosceptic votes, that wasn't as big as had been expected. 
Now, of course, France's um, Marine Le Pen's National Rally Party, mm. it is going to take the biggest number of seats in France. So too will Matteo Salvini's party in Italy and a couple of more of them. They will have increased their number of seats, but not as much as predicted. Right. Uh, and any reason why? Well, I think it's the unexpected surge in the green the Greens, vote. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah and, and, and more liberals. Now, if you look at the UK, see, it's interesting. The Brexit Party has taken the biggest chunk of the votes as expected at 33% or so. They'll have 28 seats. But the Liberal Democrats have taken 21% of the votes, uh, taking 15 seats. So I think... There is. It's interesting, while there was an increase in the Eurosceptic far-right vote, there also has been an increase in pro-EU party support and less support for the sort of the standard centre-right, centre-left um, parties. So I think we are seeing across mm. the EU maybe some of that being reflected in Ireland, more so with you know the rise of the Green parties. Mm. Um, what's interesting in Ireland will be the decline in the vote for Sinn Féin. Mm. Um, so it's going to lead to an interesting setup. I mean, I think certainly the Socialists and the EPP are going to have to reach out now to their you know to other coalition partners like the Greens and the Lib Dems, and there's no doubt the the right the far right right wing nationalist Eurosceptic parties are going to rattle the cages in the European Parliament. As long as Britain remains in the EU, we're going to hear lots more from Nigel Farage, who, of course, is going to see this as a a fantastic victory for himself and his party. Mm. And we're going to hear more from them in the future Parliament. Uh, And undoubtedly, we'll see it as a a referendum of sorts. But uh, tell us more uh, about uh, the uh, rise in popularity for green policies, uh, because... uh, We've seen it to some degree here, and that's led to the Irish government saying that they'll introduce a carbon tax in the next budget. But I imagine it's given all leaders reason for thought, and uh, the Greens did particularly well in Germany and in France, I think. Yeah, and also in the likes of Finland and Denmark. I think the Greens doubled their share of the votes there, and they're going to take two seats. And some people see this as an example of the power of the Swedish climate activist, the 16-year-old Greta Thunberg. Just uh, before the Parliament ended, like in the last uh, Parliament session, she appeared, and I mean, I can tell you, for you know, for, for somebody who has emerged out of nowhere over the last couple of years, she proved to be very powerful. And that impact, we heard yesterday during the analysis of the Irish vote and why the Greens surged, mm. we heard that youngsters were telling their parents to go out and vote for their Green Party candidates. Mm. And I think this seems to have been reflected across other countries in the EU as well. The, the Green, the climate change message has really come out strong in these elections. And as we have seen with Fina Gale, you know, hopped on that Green bandwagon immediately now promising, you know, a raft of maybe pro-Green climate change legislation. We are going to see that, I think, in the EU. And I think it seems like some of the key messages were immigration, which was not a surprise, but certainly the environment and climate change seems to have struck a much stronger message than maybe many of us might have predicted. And that is definitely going to be reflected in the European Parliament. I think now climate change and the urgency to address it will really gather momentum in this new parliament. And I think that's a very good thing, that it now is going to 
become much, much higher up in the agenda than it has been. And it's not just about filling seats uh, because uh, the unexpected in elections always has reverberations. There's speculation here uh, about a general election. Uh, I think there is to be a general election as a, a result of the results in Greece. Yes. Now, this was a very interesting one. The Syriza party, which was the, you know, left, hard left party, did not do as well at all as the other parties. And as a result, uh, Cyprus, uh, the Cyprus leader has, has said that he wants a general election. You see, I mean, interesting, the, the, the MEPs from Syriza sit in the same grouping in the European Parliament, the GUI NGL, as Sinn Féin. And, and maybe, and they would be close, maybe ideologically, with, with, with some differences. So it's interesting that those parties that were very popular in 2014 and where there had been a shift in that hard left support, they've lost ground. There's no question about it. Whereas the far right groups have gained ground because of the anti-immigration message and the more nationalistic messages. And yet at the same time, you have the green movement in there. Um, so I think definitely sort of there are trends that you could say trends that have been happening in Ireland are being reflected in, in the bigger European picture with the decrease in the kind of hardcore left and the increase in a green vote. And now this isn't reflected in Ireland, the kind of right wing, mm. hard right vote, um, but it is in, in other places such as France and in Italy. In Hungary, Viktor Orbán's party has increased its share of the vote. So too has the Polish party, the Law and Justice party. It's done very well as well. So, you know, they're going to create uh, some more interesting makeups as well in the European Parliament. I think there's going to be a big question now about Viktor Orbán's party. I think he's he is winning maybe 13 of the country's 21 seats mm. where they're going to sit in the European Parliament grouping as well because they have been with the EPP group um, but they now might be shifting to another group. Who knows what's going to happen there although I can tell you the EPP will take as many seats as they possibly can to keep uh, their, their, you know, their majority there. Okay, well, odd elections, if ever, because it's all in the context of uh, Brexit, and we just heard uh, from uh, the DUP telling us how they hope to win a seat in the European Parliament, only to give it up uh, sometime before November. Uh, but uh, Nigel Farage would be correct in thinking, uh, would he not be correct in thinking that he's been given a, a mandate to go and disrupt the work of the European Parliament as much as possible, as often as possible? And will that begin with the election of uh, the next commission? Well, this is going to be very interesting now. Um, you know, who is going to become the president of the European Commission, the most powerful EU position, along with the president of the European Council? Now, Manfred Weber, who would be the EPP candidate, I don't think... He could be as confident this morning as a win. And of course, as you know, the European Parliament, one of its lead powers is particularly at this time when there's a change of administration. The MEPs have the power to decide who will become, ultimately they vote on who will become the President uh, of the European Commission and the European Council. So all of that jockeying is going to start from today. Um, and it's going to be interesting. I'm not sure Manfred Weber will be in as powerful position as he might have thought he would have been. And, you know, maybe they'll choose um, a middle-of-the-road candidate in the end. But the other thing, Michael, about the outcome of the Brexit vote, too, is that it seems like the pro-Remain parties in the UK outperformed the hard Brexit parties when you do the mm. sums. 
Um, so while Farage certainly can beat the drum of the Eurosceptic victory from his point of view, there are very strong, you know, there was strong support as well for pro-Remain parties in the UK. Um, so it's a much more grey sort of picture than maybe we might have anticipated at the beginning. But look, there's no question about it. Nigel Farage uses the European Parliament in a kind of a Shakespearean sort of dramatic way. He goes off there, he does his thing, he puts his stuff out on YouTube and everybody sees his profile. He doesn't sit in committees, though. And that's where the really core work is done by the MEPs. It's, it, it's, it's their work on the 20 or so powerful committees that are in the European Parliament and that's where a lot of the horse trading goes on as to what kind of laws should come into place and you know the Brexit party it'll be interesting to see whether they engage in any way with those um, committees and whether they just go out there to perform in the European Parliament in Strasbourg during the plenary sessions but they don't do very much beyond that. Okay, we'll leave there for the moment. Karen, thank you as always for joining us today. Karen Coleman, editor with Europarl Radio. Michael, Michael Reed on, on LMFM. Now, one of uh, the big surprises in uh, this election has been uh, Fine Gael councillor Richie Culhan losing his seat in Drogheda Urban. Uh, good morning to you, Richie, and uh, commiserations to you. Thank you for joining us. Uh, what happened, do you think? What went wrong? <laughs> well, Mike, uh, thanks very much. You know, I'm very disappointed this morning, obviously. I'm very disappointed when I didn't make the seat for Fine Gael. Um, what went wrong? I think democracy was at play. People voted for who they wanted to represent them. Uh, I didn't get enough votes. It's probably just as simple as that. Um, and of course, there. If you look at the transfers at the end of the when we were fighting for a sixth seat, um, the, the number of people that had the people that had been eliminated before me um, trans, transferred very kindly to uh, to uh, Paddy McQuillan and fair play to Paddy. Mm. Um, but what went wrong I think that's exactly what went wrong people people voted for who they wanted to represent them and that's just as I said it's just democracy and you have to take that on the chin even though you know I'm very disappointed about it yeah, I'm, oh I'm sure you are it's a, it's a hard business and there's no doubt about it uh, but are, are you surprised because uh, I think you've been a hard working councillor and you certainly have a high profile people would be very much uh, aware of you and who you are yeah, I had a very high profile. I suppose the fact that I was a you know a member of the Shikonic kind of thing, and, mm. and with what's going on, certainly since last August, probably in the town, um, would have improved my profile. But I mean, profile doesn't always uh, transfer into votes. Um, I had a very good campaign. I, I called to a, a huge number of people on the doors, and they were very happy with the uh, the way that I was performing as a councillor. Mm. Um, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was. It was. Uh, I worked very hard since two thousand and nine um, when I got elected. Are people giving uh, out to you though about the cost of the children's hospital or this uh, announcement on broadband or other issues like that? Um, not so much. It did come up on the door sometimes. You know, mm. I mean, in relation to the children's hospital, broadband was was different. I mean, many people were very pragmatic about. Mm. It, or the housing crisis, or the health service. Uh, I mean, do you think you suffered because of national policy? Yeah, I think, I mean, you know yourself, Michael, you're long enough around yeah. and people know that, uh, you know, when it comes to local elections, it is a chance for people to send out a message to the, go- to the government in situ. And I think perhaps I, that may have affected, uh, you know, people's opinions in relation to who they voted for at local level. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, again, I had no control over that. Uh, that's what the people that's what the people wanted. That's what the people voted. And uh, it probably did have an influence 
somewhat on on the uh, on the result. Okay, well, a bad result for you, obviously, Richie. Uh, commiserations, as I say, and uh, a bad result, Mike. Too. But you know what? I had ten ten years on the council, and I was very proud and privileged to, to represent the people of Drogheda yeah. and Louth, indeed. And uh, you know, it, it's it's a bad day, but okay. uh, I had that experience, and uh, I was delighted to be able to do that. Okay, thanks uh, for joining us, Richie. I'm sure uh, we'll be talking to you again uh, in the not too distant future. Uh, you were very surprised by that result, Marie. I really was. I think mm. most people were. I mean, people did think because Richie was the only Fine Gael mm. candidate that he was a shoe in almost, but maybe that worked against him too. Maybe the fact he didn't have a running mate. I mean, when you look at the Fianna Fáil vote, it was Anthony Moore who got James Byrne across the line. And of course, mm. James Byrne is a newcomer. He's um, Tommy Byrne's son, who Tommy Byrne, after 25 years, has stepped aside uh, from local politics. Mm. And it was a very special day, I have to say, Michael, at the count last night. It Tommy Senior, who's not well, was there to see his son being mm. elected. But Fianna Fáil will be disappointed that Anthony Moore, and I know Anthony Moore himself will be disappointed that he didn't do so well. But back to, to Fianna Gael, it really is a blow. Mm. So it's only, when you look at it, Michael, Fianna Fáil, who've done so well, you know, uh, nationally have only mm. one seat in, in, mm-hmm. in Drogheda mm. and the same with Fine Gael have yep. only one seat in Drogheda mm. yeah. so quite, quite remarkable it really mm. is remarkable yeah. now I know as we've said Fianna Fáil have the gains overall on the mm. council and I think that's going to be very interesting if there's no legal challenge Michael mm. in relation to those two yep. seats because mm. it will be the majority you know the, the who has the power yep. in yep. the council mm. we always talk about pacts mm. and power and it could come down to it that the pact or the power will decide who takes mm. that seat not Kevin Callan himself okay, I think that will be controversial uh, let's yes. uh, see if we can fill more seats this time in County Mead Mark O'Driscoll is in Simonstown as he has been all morning any news for us Mark? Good morning again Michael well the latest councillor elected to Mead County Council is councillor since 29 or sorry 2009 excuse me in Rathout Fina Gales Maria Murphy she's been elected in the Rathout area on the sixth count so with 17 seats now filled, it's shaping up as follows. Fianna Gael have seven seats. Fianna Fáil have three so far. The Independents have six. And in two have one, of course, with Emer Tobin. The big shocker this morning coming in Navin as outgoing Sinn Féin councillor Sinead Burke failed to hold on to her seat. After eight counts, she was eliminated. Mark, you said the votes uh, were coming in faster and furious. Uh, when it's, uh, is it expected to wrap up in Meath? Uh, I think it'll be definitely in this, this afternoon anyway, Michael, possibly mm. early evening time. Uh, it's hard, I suppose, to predict now what way the transfers are going to go and just, I suppose, we always have to be ready if there is going to be a recount in any of the areas as well. OK, but probable, case. would you say, that uh, they'll finish up this evening? Uh, more than likely, I would okay. say, that mm. by this evening all of the 40 seats should be filled. Very good. Uh, well, we'll hear the news through the bulletins uh, over the course of uh, the rest of uh, the day. Thanks for the updates uh, this morning, Marco Driscoll. Now, have uh, people been in touch with us on the phones? Uh, you did mention that people were texting earlier. <laughs> they sure on, have. Yeah. Lots mm. of comments. Actually, just mm. now that we're, we, we were coming from Mead, Kay from Navin wonders, what is wrong in Mead, Michael? Can they not count votes? Why is it taking so long? Loud is done. Most mm. places are done and justice dusted. Why so slow in Mead? Um, and she says it's been going on not just this year but back to 30 and 40 years they also seem to be behind. Uh, Kay also 
feels uh, disgusted, she says, that Richie Culhan didn't get elected in Drogheda because she always felt he had the finger on the pulse in relation to the crime situation in the town and held people to account. Okay. So she's disappointed with well, that. I suppose the people have spoken. Yes, mm-hmm. Jerry Floyd e- emailed in, perhaps mm. the past, last Sinn Féin success was an aberration. Their policy of running winners, then forcing them out, he feels, has backfired. He says a councillor can only sit on one seat, one backside in relation to the two seats, um, oh, you know, right, winning yeah. two yeah, seats. Yeah, 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 President yeah. says that the council will decide. Sharon Keoghan does not own the seat, Michael. She has a loan of it from the electorate. Well, I don't uh, think uh, Jerry Floyd is uh, the constitutional court for that matter. <laughs> we'll leave it to the courts, probably the place that it's going to end up. Benny said that he's been voting for years, but this year he thought the ballot papers were very badly laid out. Mm. He said the writing was very small and a good portion of the candidates' pictures were blurry. So there you go. Uh, A texter said, uh, feels that nothing is going to change after the results uh, in this area. The illegal drugs problem will get worse. Housing will get worse. Hospitals won't change. Wake up, people. Another listener says uh, that maybe Piers Doherty should be selected leader of Sinn Féin, that maybe Mm. they'd get a better Hall of Votes. Maybe, maybe not, yeah. Mm, there's certainly uh, been a, a change uh, in terms of the party's popularity. Um, Sh- Jimmy would like to sympathise with Sinn Féin on their losses, but he says he says no one ever wants to see people getting beaten like that, but is it a Mary Lou problem? He mm. wonders maybe it's time to bring back Jerry. <laughs> so, okay, yeah, well. so there you go. Mm. Uh, Theresa messaged us on Facebook. She says Sinn Féin deserved what they got in the elections. Okay. So there you go. Well, we'll Complete mix as always. Not a Sinn Féin supporter obviously but we'll give her the final word on the programme today because her time has run out on us. Remember there'll be a podcast up today's programme available on our website lmfm.ie this afternoon. <coughs> Excuse me. Thanks to Marie Kearns for producing Maggie McGuire for researching Ross Leahy for researching and Chris Murray in the control tower. I'm Michael Godwilling. We'll see you for our next programme tomorrow morning at 9am right here on LMFM. Good morning. Bye-bye. The Michael Reed Show podcast. Tune in weekdays from 9 on LMFM. To contact us, email now. Michael at lmfm.ie. LMFM podcasts. Brought to you with Cartman Cross Credit Union, where a student loan can help you finance your further education. Call to Cartman Cross Credit Union, O'Neill Street, or cartmancrosscu.ie. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.